0: Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Haller. Today, Kirk and I are going to dive into the seven things that we've really learned about marketing and a little bit of life in 2021. This has been an amazing year. <laughs> for a lot of different reasons not all good uh but of course not all bad which is some of the things that we're going to talk about today so part of our foundation here at proudmouth is a is an idea called kaizen which is continuous gradual improvement and we really implemented that into kirk and i our philosophy and really our team's philosophy and kirk you've got a couple of really cool things that you've distilled about getting better every day why don't we start there
1: Yeah, I think the most important thing about getting better every day is that it's something that we can control. And in business and life, if there's there's a lot of things we can't control, but if we can control getting better every day, that's a huge win. I was thinking about this and how do we how do we quantify if we've got what we've gotten better at and if we if we think we're doing a good job at that and what it actually means in our business so so i've got this little exercise for everybody if you'll if you want to appease me you can just listen if you're driving but if you want to you can break this down actually write it on a piece of paper or spreadsheet whatever suits you but i got to break it down and broken down into three things and the first one is the question is what am i better at or what have i gotten better at and You don't just want to, so you want to make a list of those things. But then I have a couple of questions to quantify what that means. So the first one is that, is it actually making an impact? And if it is, if it is making an impact, can you accelerate that? That's a big thing about business marketing is is something that we're doing really well at. Can we actually expedite or accelerate getting better and better at that or the result of the outcomes from it? And the other one is, if it's not making an impact, is it something that, maybe we, sh- we don't need to continue to think about getting better at because it's not doing it or why isn't it doing it? Another question to ask yourself is what would make that even better? So if you got better at one particular skill, but you can do something else to take it to another level and, make- and it is making it, that's why the question above is, is it making an impact? If it's making an impact and you can get even better at it, that could be a huge opportunity in your business. The next one, is there anything holding you back? So if there's any obstacles in place that are keeping it from being something more special or getting even better at it, then identify those obstacles and see if it's something that you think you can get past. So that's the what am I better at um, list and all the qualifiers. The next part of the uh, exercise here is, is make a list about what do I need to be better at? What are things that you didn't get better at that you know you need to get better at? And the qualifiers for this, where quantifiers are, What impact is it having with me? If I got better at that, what impact would it have? And what impact is it having on me without getting better at it? Some things you'd like to be better at, but they're not going to move the needle. So you probably want to spend more time on the things that do make a big impact. I'm making sense. Matt is nodding his head for everybody who's not watching us on video. (laughs) So... The other thing, the other quantifier here for what do I need to be better at is what opportunities will being better allow you to pursue? And that's really how you is another reason to, I guess, gauge whether or not it's worth going after it. That's the second thing on the list. The third thing and the final one is what can I be better at? Some things you can easily find time and feel like I can get better at that. And it's going to make if it's going to make a difference, you want to. But sometimes you feel like maybe I'm not going to get better at that. It's just going to be too much work. And so those, and that's perfectly fine. I think some people avoid thinking or talking about or doing anything about things they're not good at. They just accept it. But if it's really important to your business, you need to think about outsourcing or bring in somebody. And we do this a ton. And you've heard, probably heard us talk about this. If you listen to a lot of episodes with Matt and I. Uh, especially we talk about outsourcing to people who do things that you're not as good at doing and you don't want to get good at doing. And quite honestly, that should be a a fairly decent list for you. And if it's not, then you need to look at, you you need to bring somebody in to coach with you because this, this should be some, absolutely should be some items on this list. Every year there should be items on this list. The qualifiers here again are what impact is that having? What can I be better at? And what impact is it having if you not being as good at it if you were doing it? And and is it having a huge impact on your business if you're you know not doing it right now? And I'm assuming if it makes that list, what's gonna make a difference? And the other one is what opportunities will come up if you get better at this, whether you're outsourcing or doing it yourself. Yeah.
0: It sounds to me like you've done some coaching this year, uh, Mr. Kirk.
1: Well, I would say I, I know and respect a lot of business coaches, and I have a business with some dude who was a coach, <laughs> so that rubs off. Lisa on operations is always trying to organize how we approach stuff.
0: Well, and, and that's uh, that's actually really why I wanted to bring it up. I've got a coach. Yeah, and you, and you have a coach, but I, I the reason why I brought that up is just because that really goes to the whole outsourcing thing and I just kind of put a bow on that and then we'll move on to the lessons which is professionals have coaches that's it that's just the reality to professional baseball players basketball Mm -hmm. players every athlete every professional CEO all of those people have coaches and with what Kirk just said there what you know what can I be better at what can I outsource part of what you should be outsourcing are those leadership ideas, business planning, marketing, cost-benefit analysis of what you're doing, client experience, all of those things are things that you guys can outsource, which means that you're going to bring in a pro to do something that you're an amateur at. And if you do end up loving it and want to become a pro, that's something totally different now. Thank you for the preface there, Kirk. But we're going to dive into the meat and potatoes of the show now, which are the seven lessons and we categorize these everybody in two different ways, little things and big things. Kirk, start with the little things. Yeah, the little things, we've got
1: two here, and I think they're just as important as the big things. And we've learned that. The first one is self buy-in. I can't tell you how many times I see professionals or experts who have thought leadership who don't constantly talk about it with their audience, it's almost like they're not sure they want to invest everything, put all their eggs in the basket of of them being a thought leader, whether it's a feeling like imposter, I'm acting like I'm an expert on my, on my podcast as example or my blog. But the reality is, is that the success, we see a lot of our clients and other advisors and experts having success with really owning their thought leadership. And, and feeling a lot of pride in it. And another part of that isn't just your thought leadership. It's actually your brand or, or even your marketing. Like if you don't really love what you're doing it, how you're doing it, and don't take a lot of pride in it, talk about it all the time. It's it's a problem. You need to fix that. You need to start. And and you could think about it. You're really building hype for what you're doing. It. And if think about this. If you don't talk about your podcast, you think your clients are going to care about your podcast. I don't think they are. It's a really big deal.
0: Is it is a big deal. That? Well, I do. It, it, I'm going to personalize this because we went through the rebrand in February and then launched our brand. And well we went through the process, we launched in February and, and Kirk, I, I can honestly tell you for the first time in my career, I am so utterly proud and excited and impressed and all of that of our brand, our message, our communication, who we are, what we stand for, and and it, it just all seems to have gelled. And I don't ever feel like I'm being salesy or braggadocious or anything along those lines. I'm just really proud of this. And if you, don't, I love Kirk, how you just said that, if you're not proud of it, fix it. How do you get proud of who you are and what you do and what makes you unique and different? Gosh, if you're not proud of that, you're way behind. Your marketing isn't going to be great. You're very rarely going to get referrals, especially from existing clients and centers of influence. If you don't firmly believe who you are and what you do is great and fundamentally unique and different, then I think you're absolutely starting from a huge, you're starting not even on the field. You're not even on yeah. the field with the, like other people are. I think if you're not, it's a symbol or a sign that you
1: need to fix it if you're not talking about your podcast all the time or your blog or being in getting a PR opportunities, video series, whatever. Yep. Yeah. Whatever it is, maybe it's because you don't feel like you're putting your heart and soul into it. If it's just a, if it's just a confidence thing, then you need to, you need to maybe need to get a coach or talk about it or just reevaluate, but you need to be talking about those things. I, I did want to alert our audience if you've been following us a long time, that Matt makes up a lot of new words and he just he just introduced me to it, a new one. I've never heard you say braggadocious before. No idea what it means, but I think it's beautiful. Is it actually a word?
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't make that one up, brother. That is a word and it's actually a very well-used word in, in poetry. Yeah. I have
1: never heard that. I thought I was going to have to add that to Matt's glossary of terms. <laughs> Well, I thank you. I, yeah, I just, you're welcome. I, I'm just i guessing everybody else has learned a new word there too. But <laughs> anyway, so the next thing, the next little thing, and these are big things, but they're, li- they're little things in how I think people think about them and talk about them. But the next one is word of mouth. I've read studies over the last couple of years that suggest that word of mouth marketing in financial services is taking a back seat to proactive digital marketing and advertising. And I do not, I do I do, I did not write those surveys. I did not have nothing to do with the research. And I do feel like it comes from credible companies, but I really have a problem with the results suggesting the way I read them and the way they were put out into the, into the world. Hmm. I don't really, I, I just can't see that word of mouth marketing isn't a way greater impact. The power of, of word of mouth still exists, even if marketers aren't telling you it doesn't. And it could be that they're not telling you because it's harder to measure and people like selling stuff. It's easier to sell stuff when you then they can say it's, it's measurable. Branding companies have always had a struggle with this. I know because I ran one for 15, 16 years, and it's difficult when people want to know ROI, but I can tell you. A lot of stories about branding successes that are very difficult to measure, but we're we're experiencing one right now. People come to us and are making decisions on working with us because they love our brand. Now, it's nice when they explicitly tell you that, but we understand some people don't even know that That's that right. was a part of the decision-making process. So they're not going to bring it up to you. So you're not going to be able to you know quantify it, but you can just feel it. For starters, the pride so self buy-in, and self buy-in absolutely adds opportunities. If you're if you're not talking about your um, marketing, your thought leadership with every client, prospect, center of influence peer that you meet, then you're missing out on word of mouth opportunities. Yeah. You have to be excited, so they'll be. So this is not far off from self-buy-in. Yeah. But word-of-mouth marketing is huge. Do you, I wonder how many of our listeners actually have a referral process in place? That at the end or the start of every meeting or communication that you have with a client, prospect, center of influence, peer, or even coworker, coworkers. That's a big one. Can't believe I didn't have that on my first list. If you don't have a process. For building hype and keeping everybody up to date on your thought leadership and your marketing, that is that is actually going to be a big thing. It is. So you need to think about how to integrate all of that and have processes and protocols in place to do so. That would be a huge win for you in 2022 and moving forward if you can do that. If you're already doing that, congratulations.
0: It's interesting that you bring all of that up because we didn't actually plan this ahead of time, but I was just talking to Bill Cates. So we run Bill Cates' podcast, uh, the Mm -hmm. Top Advisor podcast. It's all about all of his brilliance over the many, many years that he's been involved. And that is one of the biggest deliverables that you get from utilizing his coaching program is you do learn how to put those things in place. And most importantly, is you learn how to say them so that it's comfortable for you these aren't scripts that you can have somebody else write for you and then you just do them. They got to come from your heart. And you guys can't see this. I'm pointing at my chest because a lot of you stay in your head so much with this stuff. And once you get out of your head and start communicating who you are, what you do and what makes you unique and different from your heart, everything changes. But you can't make that move, Kirk Lowe, unless you firmly believe in what you have and you're proud of it.
1: Yeah, I just remembered that we should probably tell our, our audience or listeners that Bill Cates has a course inside mm-hmm. of our PodRocket Academy, and I believe it's in the paid section.
0: It is in the paid section. It is in the intermediate yeah, section. It's
1: in the intermediate section, which is $99 a month. But Bill has a, a course in there, and we are pretty excited to, to get him to to build that for you guys. If that's something you're interested in, I think it's a really great opportunity to experience Bill's yeah. Brilliance in his processes could actually be a good way. I don't know if we've ever talked about this with Bill, but because you, you talk, speak to him more often than I do, that that could be a great segue into or, or a great way to kind of touch or taste what he does and see if his program is something that you want to buy into in the future.
0: I'm sorry, you just said something. I got to pause you there, dude, because because I just recorded some videos on this for the academy specifically. And, and we have something in the free section that's really applicable to what you just talked about here, which is the um, brand basics worksheet. If you sign up for the free version of the the Pod Rocket Academy, you have access to the brand basis worksheet and it asks you some of the questions that Kirk was just poking you with, which is how are you proud of it? What would you want to say? And it really is a great pulse on how you can check where your pulse is with your brand specifically and you know what I'll make sure that the team Kirk puts the link into the show notes here for not only well we should probably give Bill a quick shout out which we did we'll put his links in there in two but also for that free pod rocket uh brand six worksheet I'll make sure that the team puts it in there now we need to go okay so these were the little things which weren't very little let's talk about the big things. so these I want everybody to understand this isn't just what we've learned in the world of marketing this is what we are putting into practice here at proudmouth so we thought really importantly about about two three years ago kirk and i sat down with lisa and the executive team and our team and wanted to make sure that we were truly going to walk the walk what we do we wanted to make sure was going to be truly successful So that when we brought it to our clients that we had that pride, that faith in what we have built and offered to our clients. And I really do think these these five big things are huge things that we have implemented into our business and we know that it'll be successful if you implement it too. Kirk, number one, go. So the first thing is mindset. I'm
1: not sure enough people understand what marketing really is, what good marketing is, what it can do for their business. You know, maybe some people rolling their eyes right now listening to this, but I can't tell you how many people think that marketing is simply how many leads are you getting. That mind, the mentality that this, particularly the financial services industry has had, I don't know as much about legal and accounting because those two other ones that we're starting to, to, to get some attraction in. The, the idea that if, if it's not filling my pipeline right now, right away, is a huge, huge mindset detriment to pretty much most people that I've ever met in this business in my 21, 22 years in financial marketing. And I can't say it enough. So nothing happens quickly as you want it to. And there's nothing wrong with that. I know it takes money. I think I commented on a post by one of our friends, Jack Martin, uh, the other day. And I basically talked about how long it takes to have success. And I talked about a couple of people. I'll just use one of them the example of Joshua Brown, the reform broker. Mm-hmm. He he was at this for well, now it's probably like 14 or 15 years since he started his blog, The Reform Broker. And it took him a decade to build what he built. And everybody looks at him. Now, you you can accelerate that if you do things the right way and you do enough things. It takes money to build and it takes consistency and commitment. To doing the right things. You have to have a foundation. You can't just go out there and do bad marketing and throw more money at it and, and trying to fill a pipeline quickly. You're just interrupting people. their transactional opportunities. They don't work. I'm, I'm going to give you, I want to paint this picture for you. And I've, I I don't know if we've, how many times we've done this. I spent so much time on this. I can't remember how many times I've communicated to you, but we're going to do a whole show on this, but I'm going to give you, uh, a quick little look at this. If you if you think about a straight line in your mind or you draw it on a piece of paper and on the far left, you write skeptics and the far right, you write fans. The, the, the truth is, is that good marketing is, if you think about that as an in influence continuum, that's what I like to call it. If you think about good marketing, good marketing should move you to the right all the time, should be getting better all the time. Moving you to, from the left to the right is about how many good things are you doing to, to grow your influence. If you're not doing a lot, you'll never have enough influence to get to where the people, the, the person I just described is Joshua Brown. You, you won't be able to get there because you're not doing enough stuff to build momentum. I'm not going to get into some other concepts until I, I I do a whole show on this because it gets, it'll get really yeah. deep quick. But just think about skeptics to fans. Every business I know wants to have a stable or a, a full of fans. That is what great marketing does. It takes time to build fans. It's about achieving credibility. What you got to do is find a way to scale that credibility so you build enough fans that that you get a supply of fans in your pipeline, a supply of skeptics in your pipeline. Any any marketing agency can do that for you. Mm-hmm. They're mostly a waste of time. It, it's a huge churn on your marketing, your sales system. There's a lot of wasted time. And we know how valuable your time is because you just paid for somebody to go do some lead gen because you don't have any time for it. Figure out what kind of business you're going to grow. If you just need some quick leads right now to get some momentum because you've, that's what you've you know told yourself then you can figure that out. If you want to grow a business, if you want to have an opportunity in three to five years to have a systematic way of of talking to more and more ideal opportunities, you
0: got to pay the price. Yeah. And you got to stick with it. Well, uh, you just teed up the next one, and I'm just going to take this real quick, which is time. You have to trust the process and that's really where most of you don't do marketing well, it's cause you don't trust the process. And I'm going to, I'm going to hearken back to somebody. I was just talking to our good friend, Matt Ackerman at Integrated Partners. We were talking about somebody who we both knew 15 years ago, Michael Kitsis. Michael knew that if he stayed doing what he needed to do, writing that unbelievably detailed blog every week, that over time it was going to pay off. And look at the guy now. People beg him to show up at conferences when early on he was just trying to get his thought leadership out there. He stuck to the knitting, which also means this. You all say this, I'm gonna use all of your financial advisor and this is words against you here, and be prepared for this, you might need to sit down. You all say to your clients all the time, it's about time in the market, not timing the market. What all of you are doing generally with your marketing is you're trying to time the market. What's the next shiny thing? What's the next stock, a bond, mutual fund, ETF, cryptocurrency, whatever you need to chase. You guys hear this from your clients all the time. And all of you just sit back and you get so frustrated because I hear about it all the time. Oh, I'm so tired of them talking about this, Matt. Why don't they just understand that we have a plan in place and it's a five-year plan. We don't have to even do anything when the market's volatile. Marketing is no different. Stick with the plan. But the problem is, is most of you hire companies that have no plan. Have no plan because they're going to just try to get you those leads as quickly as possible and and not build long-term relationships and finally my last thing is the last time i was at a broker dealer conference there were the big people on stage uh, and the big people on stage they're all sitting there and i remember somebody asking them a question and the question was um how did you become so successful and there were three things that they always have in common number one they have a niche every time every one of them niche number two they have a very very specific thing that they do outside of their niche that is fundamentally unique and different that they are like kirk said proud of and then number three is they have a long term marketing plan they have a business plan for 15 years out and if you're looking at those people on main stage and you want to be one of those someday you need to start doing that which leads us to the next thing kirk which are gonna jump into budget. And I can't wait to hear you talk about this because I talk about this all the time too. So I wanna hear your thoughts.
1: I was listening to a podcast the other day and they talked about the problem with humanity. It's the same problem here is that we don't wanna put the work into something that we can't see the results from much sooner. And it's a problem, every human has that problem. The trick is is how do we get outside of their heads? How do we get sort of what holds us back as humans from being a better species? And building a better tomorrow, building a better business, building a better relationship—everything in our lives—that that humanness comes out, and it kind of wrecks it. And the people who find their ways around that uh, seem to have a lot of success. Yeah, maybe even more happiness. Some different different things here, but I, I won't get too too uh, deep here. But absolutely. We our, our five big things here, you've already kind of alluded to a whole bunch of them. So I'm just going to rhyme off the list here. We'll go back to them. But mindset is the big one. Uh, time, which Matt just talked a lot about. He talked about niche. And one of the cool things about Michael Kits is that I don't think people realize when they think about, yeah, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, is that M- Michael puts everything he has into his thought leadership. Yeah, And that's how you become as famous. Now, I will say this. I don't think you need to be as, as much of an authority or seen as much of, actually, Michael Kitts is more of a celebrity in financial services. Really? He is now. He's a celebrity, right? And I'll talk to you about all the stages of influence on another podcast. It's going to be really cool. I hope you join that. When you see that come out, please listen to it. Uh, I spent four to six months building, (laughs) it's been a long time, building this. A lot of it's actually been learned and and just in our business and our podcast, like, yeah, it's one of the cool benefits of podcasts is you develop your thought leadership as you talk.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Matt says things, I say things, guests say things, actually our clients say things, the scale right. of your oh, credibility, no. if you had never, you know, that's one of our favorite things to talk about because people get it. Yep. That was one of our clients who, who that says was, what that you guys Russell. help us do is, is scale our credibility. That's right. We're that grateful for that.
0: Yeah. yeah. We did touch on niche real quick. Yeah. Go ahead, niche. And yep. then budget. All right. This is a big
1: one. Budget is really, are you actually putting the, the money and the resources into, it's not just money, sometimes it's your time, your, your team's time. Are you putting the resources into making this a reality? Three to five years down the road, you want you see this or 15 years, whatever it is, I want to be this. Are you actually committed to putting the time and putting the resources into making that happen? And the last thing is when you get this thing humming along, first, you got to kind of build your foundation, right? You got to have a great story. You got have good content marketing. It's got to be you authentic. You got to have a good website. You got to have a good social media, you got to have all these foundational things set up. And then you start tweaking it, you start adding little things to it when you get some momentum. Can you add email marketing? Can you start doing retargeting ads? Can you start boosting awareness of, of your content? Hey, this podcast did really well? Can we boost it? You start thinking about little things like that. When you can find these synergies, that's what I'm talking about here, synergies, those can take it to a whole other level. I guarantee you, Michael Kitsis, Joshua Brown, years ago, got to this place where they're having enough success, where they could start investing more and more. And that just takes it off to a whole other level. And that's how you get to celebrity status is when you can start finding all these synergies in your content marketing. For example. One of the things that we do is we take a pod in our businesses, we take a podcast. What you can do for yourself, but we turn the table there. What you can do for yourself is take your content marketing, turn to all kinds of little pieces and push it out. There's so much synergy in that. Take one thing that you, you know, like this podcast, for instance, cut it up into some pieces, push it out on social media on numerous times, and then you're you're flooding the the market with all your your brilliance and your ideas and your relevance to their world. And that value, and they're seeing it all the time, that starts to scale your credibility. So that's a very synergistic way to look at this. Yeah, Take a one thing, turn it into a whole bunch of little things that you didn't have to do. You paid somebody else to do and make it work. So another thing, and maybe you can talk about this because I know you love talking about it, which is, is how much should you actually be <laughs> spending or investing? Like, yeah. is it because that's going to be a big thing for everybody. It's like, OK, well, what's actually realistic or practical for me to do? well
0: i can we were just talking about this guy earlier today we've got a client right now who when he was going through uh, our onboarding process i asked him how much of your budget do you spend on marketing and he said 25 percent and i was like okay dude i what I didn't know that. That's, oh, 20, yeah. yeah, he spends 25. The guy we were talking about earlier today, so 25%. And, and I was like, okay, dude, I, I'm never going to convince anybody to spend 20. He's like, no, Matt, you do need to convince everybody to spend 25% because we grow so fast and we are continuing because we're reinvesting in the one part of financial services that very few other businesses do, which is marketing. But he is an outlier. Now, mind you, he's bringing in about 100 million in new assets a year, uh, which is insane. That's really his business model. But I want Mm -hmm. everybody to take a much easier mathematical number, which is 10%. It's really 7 to 14%, but 10%. If you're making $500,000 a year, you should be spending $50,000 on marketing. That's 10% of gross, not net. Those people who I was talking about sitting on main stage, Kirk, all of those people are easily easily spending 10 if not more percent because they are reinvesting in their business and the more you put in at the beginning the less you have to spend later because of everything kirk had said earlier it's all about momentum right it's all about moving those we people. are
1: over 15 percent here at problem yep on marketing spend and i suspect that's going to go up
0: well, it's because we're also in a massive growth phase here. But if you're a financial advisor and you're trying to get to that perfect practice of 100 to 150 clients, each of them who have a million dollars with you at 1%, and you're do kind of living the life, you might want to load on the front end so that you can do maintenance, which by the way, and this is a total side tangent, you can get mad at me if, if you want to, because I'm totally going to chase a rabbit here. But one of the huge benefits of what we believe in from a marketing perspective, isn't just filling your pipeline with leads. It's maintaining relationships with existing clients and client retention. A lot of you are looking at marketing, as Kirk had said, right at the top of the show is A plus B equals leads. But what you're not understanding is great marketing gets you greater share of wallet, makes you more referable, deeper relationships with existing clients, client retention, and most importantly, the opportunity to really get referrals from CPAs. And I have to go back one thing and then we'll wrap this up because it's the time thing. I was just talking to a really good friend of ours who runs a coaching program that helps financial advisors build relationships with CPAs. One of the best out there. In fact, he's one of the biggest producers in his specific broker dealer, whatever, that's neither here nor there. But one of the things that we were talking about yesterday is how long it takes because advisors will join this coaching program and they will specifically say, well, gosh, I need to see results in six months. And they're like, well, it's not going to happen because here's what you guys don't know. All of you who want estate planning attorneys and CPAs, they go to conferences too. And what happens at those conferences is those huge CPAs are on stage and they're like, yeah, we get referrals from financial advisors all the time. And they're like, well, what do you do like, well, because they'll say, well, do you give referrals to those financial advisors? And they will say, no, the only advisors that we give referral to are the ones who have built a relationship with us and proven their worth over time. And that takes 24 months. So if you look at that, some of these winning with CPAs or all of these other programs that are out there, Quantum Growth Consulting, which is the organization I'm talking about there, they are experts at helping you build relationships with CPAs, and they say it's 12 to 24 months if you do everything that you say. But could you imagine, Kirk, if you were a financial advisor and you never had to try to get referrals again? And and we're getting to this stage, everybody here at Proudmouth, that we have so much buzz and we have deposited so much thought leadership into the karmic pool of financial services professional wisdom that that people now just call us. And that feels pretty damn good. Yeah, they call you. Well, they call me, right? They don't <laughs> call you. But they do connect with you on LinkedIn and dude, look at the no, interactions I, that no, you get on your post. But yes, they definitely call me.
1: The value of having a good brand offering up your expertise, wisdom, whatever you want to call it, as generous as, as I'd like to think we do. Uh, we created an academy with free courses in there. Yes, there's some paid courses, but I think it's pretty, still pretty generous. of yeah. what we charge for what you get. We just started mastermind groups for, for podcasters. So For those, we have more seasoned podcasters or people who have already started, but hopefully down the road, we can offer that to want to, you know, want to start a podcast. But Mm -hmm. right now we're, we're trying to give back to you guys and we're trying to create as much value as we can. And I'll be honest, there's more value coming. We got a really, (laughs) we got a really cool influence scoring assessment coming. It's really neat. It's very, it's very useful. It's really going to give you a lot of insight to some of the things that we're talking about mindset. Are you actually doing the things that you think you're doing? Are you doing enough? We have a long form version of that. That was probably going to take four to six months to build a system around, but we're really excited about the stuff we're doing. And, and we're not doing this to to make more money. We're doing this to add more value. Obviously, it, add more value makes us more money. That's the way it goes. But start with helping everybody out here, helping them get to where you want to go in your business. And hopefully you found this helpful. And if you did, please let us know on iTunes. If you're listening through iTunes, write us, write a review. If you love this episode, please let everybody know. Heck, even tell them in that, in that review. If you want to just reach out to Matt or I through LinkedIn, please do. We're pretty easy to find Kirk Lowe, Matt Halloran, type her in LinkedIn. You'll find us. We're, we're connected to so many people in the industry. That we should easily come up as a first or second connection for you. Yeah, I hope we're a first connection with you, but if we're not, please do that. Uh, we're also on Twitter. If you want to go check out our PodRocket Academy, PodRocketAcademy.com. If you want to check out our company, ProudMouth.com. Any feedback? If you want us to talk about things that you haven't heard us talk about, please do that. If you are looking for help building your stuff and you don't have anybody to talk to, if you go and if you join the PodRocket Academy. And you just sign up for the intermediate, which is $99 a month, or if you pay for a year, it's 79 a month. We have office hours every week. And Julia on our team, we call her the librarian of our academy. <laughs> really our intellectual property of our resources. She knows yeah. what every course is, every resource. She also takes, takes requests for new courses. Yep. So if there's something that we're not doing, you want to learn more about, we do have probably 15 to 20 courses in there right now. Our plan is to have 50 or 60 within the next year or two. Yep. So that's going to keep. Do not use that as an excuse not to go in there and wait a year. Get in there. Get started. There's some really wonderful. Our foundational stuff is there. So get in there. Do that. Uh, give us feedback on it. We're in this together. I hope you have a great 2022. I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but probably in December or January. Wishing you guys all the best. Thanks so much for being listeners. We appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to know more about how you can be your own loud, visit us at proudmouth.com and sign up for the Pod Rocket Academy through courses and office hours led by professional podcast producers and digital marketers. You will learn everything you need to know to become the trusted subject matter expert you were meant to be.